There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Tuned and uh, Strong podcast. I almost did it again. <laughs> One of these years, I'll get it right. Uh, Tuned and Strong podcast. I am Dr. Jen Cavis-May, joined as always by my co-host. I am Angela McHouston of Music Strong. Um, And we were going to talk today about, um, we released a mini-sode, as we're calling it. Um, (laughs) It was uh, just a solo discussion um, from me on some of the thoughts I was having about uh, an upcoming competition I'm attending in August. Um, So if you haven't heard that yet. It's a really short one. It's like 20 minutes. Um, Go back and listen to that. But I sent it over to Angela and uh, she had a lot of thoughts about that. So So we're going to unpack that just a little bit. We're going to keep it short today. Um, But she wanted to talk about some of the stuff in there and I think it'd probably be good to discuss it too. So um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quick recap. Um, yeah, uh, competing was, uh, is a problem for me. <laughs> um, goes back to music. Uh, the competition in August I'm doing is um, Strong Woman. Um, and I'm trying to use that to undo a lot of the mental blocks I have around competing. Um, I associate competing with uh, failure. Um, and I take that personally. I'm not, I'm not a good failure. I, I don't like to lose. <laughs> so, oh. Um, the moral of the story, aside from uh, trying to get out of, um, it is a bit of an emotional trauma for me, I'd call it that. Um, we'll get into defining trauma later, because um, I know people get touchy about that. So if don't take it personally if you've got different traumas, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, getting out of that um, just involves, I have to just go and be there and not genuinely not care what happens um just go and be exist in the moment kind of deal um and we're going to talk about aging out of competition in music so where would you like to start Angela aging out of competition that is like that friggin' peak okay there's two parts of this and I think they're related so for all of us who went to music school There are so many opportunities for us when we are young, we are in high school, we are in college, we are a quote, young adult after that. Once that's done, sucks to be you, there's no opportunities. You have reached your peak at 23. I am so, it just bothers me so much. So it's like, why are there no more opportunities? Why are we only catering to people under 25? No, 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 no. I think that, that, that has got to change because like okay on the on the performance side with groups okay like we're in college you're playing all this amazing literature you hit your peak and then you graduate and then well if you don't get a job in a in a professional orchestra or a community orchestra you're just gonna be stuck to community band with 80 year olds why is that the only option where did the really great wind bands go where what why (laughs) (laughs) okay but why are 
it like you reach this zenith of your career and once you're done, well, you're done. You got another 60 years to go of suckness. Like, why? Number one, that's, that's, that's beef number one. But I think it translates to the competition thing. We have these young artist competitions. Why don't we have old artist competitions? <laughs> Just artist competitions. Yeah. I think, yeah. this is where I'll get off my high horse here, but I think that once you get out of school, that's where the stuff hits the fan and the, like, the metal meets the road or whatever the metaphors are. You know, like the, the really hard stuff actually comes into play. You're not, you're not being, you're, there's no more hand-holding. You don't have a professor. You don't have, you know, you don't have this school scheduling, like cocooning you. You've got real life. You've got a family. You've got a job. You've got a whatever. I think that is where we need to have the competitions because it keeps you at that high level where otherwise why do you have a why do you, and if you don't if you're not playing in a professional group why do you have a reason to keep your level up there's no place you'd play anyway anybody else feel me on this it drives me crazy yeah well shut up no that's good <laughs> it's, so- it, it's good and i feel like too um because i tend to be more on the academic side of things so i'm gonna just you know balance that side of it because it tends to be our, our two worlds as musicians is like professional orchestras slash chamber groups and academics <laughs> so, so to bring the academics approach to it um i i like that academics are big on collaboration once you reach a certain level um i really really enjoy that however it does feel like, you know, and, and everybody wants to be nice to everybody else. I'm not saying that that's bad. Um, but there is this hesitation, it feels like, once you reach um, a certain level that well, you don't really want to compete with this person who's in your field at the certain level because then you're comparing apples to oranges and like, but you also might offend that person. And you don't want like, so we expect these young kids to go compete with each other where they don't know where they're going to end up. So they actually might have to work with this person. They really don't know versus when you get to the certain level and, and trust me, I get the old and tired thing. It's like when I meet um, non-musicians who were marching band kids in college and when they find out, they're like, Oh, did you march in, you know, whatever. Um, they, they always ask me, because I'm in, I'm in Tallahassee. Oh, did you march with the chiefs? And I'm like, I, I, I was getting my doctorate here, but my answer <laughs> is always, I, you know, but my answer yeah. is always, no, I did my time. Um, <laughs> and I have no problem with marching band, mind you. It's just not for me. Um, I genuinely feel I did my time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm old and cranky and way too crotchety for that. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, but we expect all these young kids who are like, okay, well, you don't know what state you're going to end up in. You don't know if you're going to have to go work with this person next year. Maybe you guys end up at the same school teaching and we want you to compete and we expect you to be able to maintain a relationship so that you don't mess yourself up in the future. But once you get to a certain level, we're afraid to compete with each other because it might torch a bridge. Is it that, or is it that we don't feel like we have appropriate judges for that level? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, and I mean, like I said, I don't care if you don't want to compete, but it does seem like maybe it's more obvious with, I was going to compare it to strongman powerlifting, um, all, all the different strength stuff. Maybe it's a more obvious way to judge that 
um, with older folks in the strength world because it's very clear you picked the weight up or you didn't, right? Mm -hmm. So in, in strength, if you don't know, um, in strength sports, there's uh, masters divisions or what they call it, and it uh, tends to be 40 plus, but then they have different brackets above that. Um, and those are some of the coolest people to watch. <laughs> they are. Like, they're amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, Ryan, uh, my husband, he did his first master's competition in March, and he walked in, and we looked at these guys, and he's like, oh, I'm in the bear division. <laughs> <laughs> Big, bulking men with old man strength, you know, that acquired tension over time that just, yeah. maybe they're not as fast as they once were, but they've just been under load for so long that their strength yeah. is stupid. Old man strength. Old man strength is a thing. It is like, a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's so true. That's but true. maybe it's easier to compete as a master's in strength because like, did you pick up the bar? Did you pick up the stone? Versus when we get into performing arts, like uh, if we think about, if we ask the top performers and the top orchestras on a single instrument to go into a competition, who's going to judge that? Mm. Who would judge it anyway? Well, it depends on who's judging the competition. So I guess like, okay, so I'm thinking of the competitions that I have competed in musically. And mm -hmm. um like, so like with the, the National Flute Association has a yeah. uh, masterclass competition, a piccolo masterclass competition, okay. a piccolo artist competition, and they alternate okay. years. And then they have a young artist competition. Yes. And then they have like a high school competition. So young artists right. is basically college-ish, a little a couple of years yeah. after that. But you have to yeah. be under 30. Yep. Okay. Why not, once you get over 30, how about the young artist over 30, 30 to 50, 50 plus? I don't know. Maybe wait, maybe we don't put an age limit on it. Why don't we just say you can't be in college and you can't be in a professional orchestra? Why do we and don't call yourselves amateurs because there are a lot of people who are professional musicians who are not amateurs. They just don't right. have a full time orchestra job, right? Right. Like me, mine's not full time. Yeah. So right. why don't we have that? And we could. They would be judged probably by the same people, or I mean, because I'm going to guess you're not going to be judged by your peers because they wouldn't be judging you anyway in the other competitions. So I guess it would depend on who is doing the competition in the first place. Just add another level to that. What, does it mean it would be different? Well, and we do elect, um, so I know, I'm assuming Flute Association is like this too, but Clarinet Association, um, we elect our board members. So we could elect um, judging panels. Yeah. We could elect those. Um, my guess is they in would probably way. be people who are already like in the field who are professionals. Like I'm thinking of the people who are professional piccolo players or professional flutists mm -hmm. that are like, they teach at universities, but they also do competitions for young kids and whatnot. I mean, would yeah. it matter if they're already doing that? And they just, you know, I mean, if nobody's doing if it, there's, if there's a panel, then does it, you can't say if we've got a wide enough range of experiences, you can't say, well, and, and there's, it's always going to be some subjectivity, you know, just is. Sure. But if there's a panel, it also could negate the whole like, well, you know, this person is used to listening for that. And this person is, there's a panel. 
Yeah, I like that. Balances that out. There's no, um, and every competition I've done or seen for solo work has had a panel of judges. It's never mm -hmm. just one. Right. Um, so, you know, those are, those are some thoughts on that. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're interested in hosting <laughs> a it's master's, cool. uh, you know, solo competition, there's, there's some thoughts on maybe how that would be done. And if you do, <laughs> and we don't know about it, let us know. We will promote, you know? <laughs> promote the heck out of that, man. I, I would love to see some of that, you know, master's competitions for all kinds of sports. Why doesn't that apply in the music world? You don't hit your zenith at 23 necessarily. Not no, if you've got, I mean, yeah, we do right now because that's how life is structured. That's how education is structured. But I would even argue that you don't really like the more I hear, um, I hate to use the term middle aged, but <laughs> when, when we hit 40 up until about, um, when the physiological limitations for when players or just your react you get slower a lot mm -hmm. of people get slower as they get older and you can hear it creep in sure. um but until that happens between 40 and whenever that happens for you some people happen sooner than like than others that's when i would say really the peak performing starts happening um i would actually argue um there is a particular flute player i won't name names but i've heard her over the course of hmm not quite 10 years yet, but 10, close, close. We're pushing 10. Um, I would argue that the last time I heard her was the best performance. All right, okay. Like, because there's always polishing and mastery. And as long as you're still pushing for that, and as long as you're not stagnating because, oh, well, I'm at this level, which tends to happen if you think that you're going to peak at 23. Right, right. Mastery doesn't happen at 23. You don't have enough life experience for that yet. You can't have enough life experience for that yet. I, I agree. Um, and that's nothing against 23 year olds. I know a lot of really successful and, and positive 23 year olds, but they're still not going to have hit their potential because they have more experience to gain. Right, right. Which is why I think this whole competition at after the age of college or after 30 should be happening. Let's showcase all our work that we've done and give us a reason to, you know, like, let, why not? You it's know, an concept. It's an it, is. Concept. it would take it is. me a couple of years to be ready to do something like that, given what I'm going through, but I would be interested. Ditto. Um, I would like to oh, yeah. go back into that um, and really just kind of see as the older, more stable, you know, um, healthier version of me, what I'm actually capable of. Um, mm -hmm. Because every time I won when I was younger or even tried when I was younger, it was just kind of this mess. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good, um, regardless of the outcome. And that's what led into the, the whole conversation about this is that yeah. you were, remind me again, like you were using that or that, remind me with the, the trauma that you were dealing with, the powerlifting and how you equated the two. Okay, so the, um, it, it was when I was competing, uh, when I was younger in music, um, it didn't really matter if I won or lost because it, where you rank doesn't matter so much 
um, even in just like a workout or a practice session, doesn't matter as much as how you take it. So the pressure to, if, if I didn't perform my best and I always know what my best is, doesn't matter what, like I can win a competition or a job. And if I know everybody else is not at my level and again, nothing against them, but if I know they're not at my level, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. I can go in and lose a competition or an audition and not take it as a loss if I know that everybody else is way more experienced than me, mm-hmm. way better than where I currently am. And again, I don't take that personally. It's just not where I am. So it became about if I was performing my best. And because I was dealing with um, a couple other things, including the pain, either I could push myself to try to hit a certain, you know, tempo marking or whatever. And maybe I end up injured mm-hmm. and then that's a loss because it doesn't matter if, if I compete or if I drop out, if I compete and it hurts, or I know I'm not hitting my potential because I have this physical block, then I've lost. doesn't matter where I replace. If I drop out, well, then I'm not able to do the thing, which means I'm not doing my best, which means I lost. And then it became avoiding competition because I'm afraid of losing. But now that's also losing because I know oh, yeah. I'm afraid to do it. So um, it equated to the strong woman thing because I, um, I was doing um, overhead work and I have um, the way I was doing it. There's a glute meat is involved. I have a really, really weak right glute meat. And when it gives out, I default into my right IT band, which pulls on my right knee mm-hmm. and blows, blows my knee up. My left will try to compensate. And then both my knees blow up. Um, I know how to fix it. I know what to do with it. If it was a normal training cycle, it wouldn't really bother me so much. Like it, it bothered me, but I know what to do. I, I had made amazing progress, so it should have been a good thing. But because the competition is in August, I suddenly had all this anxiety and like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, um, so sorry. About that. <laughs> um, uh, that makes sense. What was I so you're talking about the competition, the injury. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, it was just that, that cross equation of okay, well now I can't do my best. So my instinct was to pull out and I'm like, well, if I pull out, I'm going to be upset with myself anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that kind of led into that. Yeah. That led into that. Like, I just, I just have to go and be there. I still get that because like coming out of musical competition, this is funny. Like I have won every competition I've ever done in person. Every single one of them I have lost or not advanced. Now, I'm not talking about co- high school, screw, screw high school, sure. whatever. but like I have lost every competition I've ever done or every audition I've ever done behind a screen. It's too mental, right? I can't make that connection with people physically. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I can see you, like I'm sharing with you. I hate right. that, that screen. I'm not sharing. I'm being right. judged, you know? Right. So that's a different thing. But like when it comes to lifting, like I was on this path for a long time. I had a plan. I knew what I was doing. I was making progress. And then I had injury after injury, after injury, after injury. And I, right. it's kind of like the bike. I was riding like hundred mile rides. And if I didn't go out for at least 40, 
it, what's the point? Well, I did like 10 today. And I was like, that's good. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, am I a beginner again? And like, I feel right. the same going back. I'm just getting back into deadlifting again. I feel like I've been saying that last year because I kind of am like, I'm the perpetual beginner because it's like, yeah. okay, I don't want to get back into this injury, but I'm a trainer right. and I don't want to keep being a beginner. So I feel like I'm losing and I'm not setting the right example. So I just don't, but so I just avoid it. And then I don't lift. And then I'm not being my authentic self yeah. and then I'm a hypocrite and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If this whole cycle is stupid, just yeah. pick up the thing, just play the right. note, just yeah. do it. And then suddenly you're back into yeah. it. You know, it's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to lose, but doing yeah. it means you're not losing. Right. Yeah. It, and it is so hard just to get to that point, man. It is so hard. Like it, <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, and, and we're talking about all this competition stuff, but then you talk about just starting a deadlift again. And I'm like, it took me, um, I've been working with my current batch of clients um, for just shy of a year, just shy of a year. Um, you know, Rona switched everybody up. So current batch has been with me for just shy of a year. And it took me until... I want to say last month is when I finally admitted to them that I could not squat with a bar on my back. Mm-hmm. And I was really afraid to tell them this, yeah. but I was teaching them how to squat. I'm like, I know how to squat. I just can't do it with a bar on my back without blowing up my knees. That doesn't mean I don't know how to teach you. How to... <laughs> and I've been through this sort of stuff before with my playing. Um, I used to be terrible with voicing. I used to be terrible with air. I now teach those better than anybody else I know, aside from my mentor who taught me. <laughs> but it's because I sucked at them. So I did every single permutation. You want me to teach articulation? I'm going to struggle a little bit if you have problems with it because I'm just naturally good at it. I didn't have to work for it. Um, so like, I'm not afraid to teach a squat because I know even if something doesn't work, we're going to figure it out together because I'm learning right there with you. Um, and I'm pushing myself to learn, but just like, admitting that I'm like, Oh my God, are they going to trust me? They do. Then you get back into imposterism, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, my failure. Am I a so-and-so? Am I a hypocrite? Do I really know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah, right. you, do. you can yeah. teach something without yeah. having to do it. Yeah. And all of their squats have gone up, mind you. And they're all squat. They're all feeling better physically while doing and like, yep. just tell them you can't squat with a bar on your back. I can do it with safety bar. Now I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> You front squats? Are front squats okay? No. Something about a straight bar. I don't know what it, because I start, I had to teach myself on a sandbag, then air squats, now safety bar. Something about when I get a straight bar, I do something weird. It's a mental thing. I don't know why. I hate squats. So I I feel you. I don't like squats at all. I program them (laughs) for everybody, but I hate doing them. (laughs) I just have never liked squatting ever. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's, yeah, sorry. We got, I got people now. Um. <laughs> we, we hope this has been enlightening and entertaining yeah. for all of you today. <laughs> like, does anybody else feel us on the, the cycle of yeah. like failure, imposter syndrome, whatnot, and, and the competition stuff? We would love to hear your thoughts. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drop them in the comments. Um, bring up more thoughts that you guys have. Um, we will unpack them. This is a, this is a big thing for me. Um, and it's apparently a big thing for Angela. (laughs) Um, we are happy to discuss any of these with you guys. Mm -hmm. 
Y'all don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us one of those five-star reviews if you're liking what we're talking about. That way people can find us and we get more people talking about this. So we're really trying to change the narrative on musician and fitness, musicians fitness. And, you know, we can't do that without your help. So hit that subscribe yeah. button and leave a, leave a nice little review for us. Appreciate yes, it. Please. All right. Yep. See you guys. <laughs>